the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Dan Prof Show, and I want to turn to Christopher Ray's testimony before Senate Oversight Committee yesterday. There's um, several components, topic areas uh, that concern his more than three hours of testimony. Uh, one, a, a couple of relate to what happened in the run-up to January 6th and the violence on January 6th, as well as what happened on January 6th. Additionally, the uh, matter of accountability within the FBI pending the Durham investigation. But even with what we know from the Inspector General Horowitz reports. So let's start with a run-up to and uh, what occurred on January 6th. I, I got to say, just in total, Christopher Ray added zero, and I mean zero, nothing, to what we already know about the run-up to January 6th and what happened on January 6th. For example, two months later, there is no cause of death determination on Officer Sicknick. There is no insight into the law enforcement intel, who knew what, when, and the decisions they made. And this is what Washington, D.C. calls oversight of the FBI. It's embarrassing. Listen to this exchange. Let's start with Officer Sicknick because that is such a linchpin of the argument being made by the left to eliminate, and this is the end game, to eliminate conservatives and Trump voters from the public arena. That's the play here. And Officer Sicknick's death, in combination with the violence that occurred on January 6th, is the thrust of that effort at present, isn't it? And you'll hear from my home state, Senator Durbin, to buttress my point momentarily. But first, Christopher Ray in an exchange with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley on Officer Sicknick's death. There's been conflicting reports about his cause of death. Have you determined the exact cause of death? And is there a homicide investigation? Uh, so I'll take the last part of your question first. There is an ongoing investigation into his death. Um, I have to be careful at this age, because it's ongoing, not to get out in front of it. But I certainly understand uh, and respect and appreciate the, the keen interest in what happened to him. After all, he was here protecting all of you. Uh, and as soon as there are information that we can appropriately share, uh, we want to be able to do that. But at the moment, the investigation is still ongoing. Uh, so does that mean, since the investigation is going on, you have not determined the exact cause of the death? Uh, that means we can't yet uh, disclose uh, a cause of death at this stage. But you have determined the cause of death. I, I didn't say that. We're not at a point where we can disclose uh, or confirm okay. a cause of death. How, 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 how is that possible? How is that possible when we have reporting from Officer Sicknick's brother, Ken Sicknick, quoting here from a ProPublica story on January 8th, two days after the rioting at the Capitol. He texted me last night, meaning the night of the 
rioting the night of January 6th. He texted me last night, so after, and said, quote, I got pepper sprayed twice, and then Sicknick added, and that he was in good shape. Sicknick added, his brother, apparently he collapsed in the Capitol and they resuscitated him using CPR. The day after that text exchange, the family got word that Brian Sicknick, the officer, had a blood clot and he had had a stroke. A ventilator was keeping him alive. He died the next day, Thursday, January 8th, around 9.30 p.m., according to Capitol Police. So two months after that, you still can't make a determination? How, how can that be? And unfortunately, Ray wasn't pressed on that, and he should have been. Are, are you just in the business of trying to protect somebody's narrative, or are you in the business of getting answers and then sharing with a public that deserves answers, particularly because his death was so politicized? Uh, and to my point, and what the left is trying to do here, I give you Senator Sacka-Durbin. I join my Republican colleagues unequivocally in condemning left-wing violence, but let's stop pretending that the threat of Antifa is e- equivalent to the white supremacist threat. Vandalizing a federal courthouse in Portland is a crime. It should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, but it is not equivalent to a violent attempt to overturn the results of elections, nor is it equivalent to mass shootings targeting minority communities. This false equivalency is an insult to the brave police officers who were injured or lost their lives on January 6, as well as dozens of others who've been murdered in white supremacist attacks. We need to be abundantly clear that the white supremacists and other extremists are the most significant domestic terrorism threat facing the United States today. I hope everyone in this room can look at the facts and acknowledge this, and we can come together on a bipartisan basis, bipartisan basis to defeat of this threat. Yeah, saying unreasonable and accurate things in a reasonable tone of voice, that's a technique that has been mastered by Sack of Durbin. He is really a disreputable figure, disgusting figure, actually. Uh, in terms of the threat of white supremacism, white supremacism with respect to violence and the attempt to equivocate on left-wing violence, This from the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, which is uh, hardly a conservative organization, as you know. Uh, Their report on domestic extremist-related killings uh, in the U.S. by year, the latest year being 2019. And this is not exclusively white supremacist-based, but let's just assume for the sake of argument that it is. All of these killings relayed, uh, uh, memorialized, and tallied by the Anti-Defamation League were at the hands of white supremacists. 2019, there were 42. And remember, their term is domestic extremist-related killings in the U.S., not strictly white supremacists. But again, let's just say it's 42. That's terrible. One is terrible, of course. And this is no quarter to any sort of ignorant, bigoted uh, philosophy, much less violence inspired by said philosophy. But 42, there are 42 people murdered every couple of weeks in Chicago. Of the 15,000 murders annually in the United States, roughly speaking, more than half are black victims. And some 90% of those that are solved are at the hands of black perpetrators. Just for example, just to provide some context. 
it's not to talk about characterizing anybody as a domestic extremist or so on and so forth. It's just the idea that is being insinuated by Dick Durbin and other charlatans on the left. Talk about a redundancy, which is it was an expression of white supremacy on January 6th. Uh, it was Trump voters, thereby Trump voters are white supremacists. They have no respect for laws or law enforcement. And we should understand this to be representative of all Trump voters and all conservatives nationally. This is why it is fair game to browbeat them out of the public arena. That's what's happening here. And Christopher Ray is giving quarter to it, whether he, that's his real view or not, because he's playing politics in his position, clearly. Or he's incompetent, if you want to offer that defense. In two months, Christopher Ray has nothing to say about what happened in the run-up to January 6th or on January 6th. It's an affront to common-sensical Americans. This is Dan Proft. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. When you started out with nothing and you found a yourself in Exposing political fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show.